This is the Rhythm Authors Podcast for October 31st, 2011, episode 26, A Visit from Harmonics. another edition of the Rhythm Authors Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mistaken, joined by my co-host, Sound Defense. Hi, Internet. I am really excited today because, for the first time in a long time, I've actually had something to say right here when I'm pointed at. That makes me very happy. What are you going to say? That. Oh, great. Fantastic. I feel like I wasted business guns by pointing at you earlier. Um, today's guest... Are kind of a big deal, sound defense. Yeah, kind of a you've probably heard of these people at some point. Maybe. You know? Um I'm just gonna let them introduce themselves. How about that? Okay. Uh which one of you wants to start? Hi, I'm I'm Nord, also known as the Overnord, also known as Mr. Game, also known as Matthew Nordhouse, and I uh am uh, uh work at harmonics as the uh overlord of Rock Band Network. Hi, I'm Carolyn Van Esseltine, also known as HMX Lachesis, and I'm the minion of the or- Overnord. I tend to be the person you see running around on the RBN forums and sending you a lot of email. <laughs> and somehow we have tricked them into coming on this podcast. <laughs> I have no idea how we pulled this off sound effect. <laughs> it's a tremendous, it's a tremendous honor to be here. Hey, I've been hoping you would ask me since you first solicited guests, you know. <laughs> Actually, I secretly also have been hoping that. Um, I've been secretly hoping that that was a joke and that you never wanted none. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, on, on the one hand, it's really cool. On the other hand, it's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> oh. So, you know, we put our pants on one leg at a time when we wear pants. Don't right. think about that but, too hard. But I, um, I actually, <clears throat> I wanted to start by like, I had a couple like sort of, um, comments on, on previous podcasts where I would listen to them because I've listened to all of them and I, and I just wanted to say, Oh, someday when I get on the podcast, I want to tell you this thing about previous stuff. Can I do that now? Um, absolutely. This is okay. the part where I just edit everything down where you say it's awesome <laughs> and then we move on. But yeah, continue. So it, it is actually the podcast. Your podcast is pretty awesome. I do. I do enjoy listening to like especially the news portion because I always like hearing about how things that we see as newsworthy are perceived like by the community. And that's important. Mm-hmm. But um, so I have t- I have two things. One was um, I think last week or two weeks ago, whenever the last podcast was you, you made a joke about the seizure robots. Did um was this you talked about like Nintendo like having like rules about like um flashing lights causing Ooh, causing right. epilepsy? Yeah, I think that was, I think that was yeah last episode with talking about uh venue authoring with uh, Zenosharia, our main venue guy. Yeah, so I actually have a story about that. So oh, when we were working when we were working on the metal track pack for PS2 because um because the PS2 is not a, a tremendously powerful console we had to do the venues as movies and um nintendo oh no maybe it was for the or maybe so it must have been for the wii i I was wrong it was for the wii Mm -hmm. but we did um we did the venues just as like playable movies not as the full rendered 3d things that we normally do and uh 
Nintendo has some pretty strict rules actually about like um, flashing lights and seizures, and they're more strict than the other consoles. So we had all these bugs when we tried to get the thing approved, where Nintendo said you can't use these strobes, and because it was the metal track pack, there were lots and lots of strobes. <laughs> so we had like I don't remember what the, re- the what the resolution was, but it was actually a pretty huge issue for that when we tried to get it approved. And, I, and that was it was funny that you mentioned it because yeah, it's a real problem. Yeah, it's definitely a problem, and uh, I think as, as venue authors definitely is something they have to struggle with to sort of balance that line between this is a really cool effect and this might hurt people <laughs> battling seizure robots <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly uh, um, it doesn't surprise me that uh, nintendo is going to be so picky about that because it was their pokemon television show that sparked the whole controversy in the first place that sounds familiar yeah um what did you do to solve that did you just you know honestly like debate and be like no these strobes are important I had a conversation with the producer as we were going through it. And then that was, it was a couple of years ago. So I don't honestly remember. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the solution was. We may have, we may have like re-rendered the videos out or we might have just like gotten them to pass it at, like as is. I don't remember. All right. Um, that is kind of crazy. Uh, yeah. So did you have something else though? Oh yeah. So this is a bigger one. So a long time ago, you talked about oh, how uh, harmonics got bought by Viacom. And like the whole like the whole like mess where Guitar Hero left. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to like like sort of tell you what I like set the record straight as it were about what happened. Go for it because we there seem, we are there, there seems to be a lot of confusion about that. Um, we are the arbiters of ignorance on this on this <laughs> podcast. We we assume to know nothing. We so we speak only in harsh words. <laughs> so so long ago in the days of yore. Uh, Red Octane, who was a who who was a game publisher and mostly made made uh, you know accessories g- made accessories, yeah, for Dance Dance Revolution. I think that's that's where they made oh, their yeah. money. I always forget that they used to make those metal um, dance that's, boards. That's mostly what they did. They came to Harmonics and they said, "Hey, we want we want to make this game like where you have a guitar peripheral and you play along." We're like, "All right," and we made the game. And of course, it was Guitar Hero and it was a huge hit. And since Red Octane was the publisher and they paid essentially paid for the development and took all the risk, they owned the name, like the IP, the intellectual property of Guitar Hero. And after Guitar Hero 1 was a huge hit, Activision swooped in and bought them because they, they, they obviously saw that it could like make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And Harmonix at that point was, you know, we were, we were hired to make Guitar Hero, but we, we didn't own the rights to the name. So when Activision bought Red Octane, I th- which I which I don't know the the exact timing, but I think like the process started right before Guitar Hero Two and then ended after Guitar Hero Two was released. Um, so essentially, Activision bought the name to Guitar Hero, and we were left more or less out in the cold. And then we were bought by Viacom and started doing Rock Band. So that's the genesis of Rock Band. That's well, basically, we we want. I think we wanted to do. I, this was slightly before my time. But like we basically wanted to do Rock Band as the third Guitar Hero game, and then we were already kind of thinking about it. And then when Guitar Hero was purchased and kind of taken away from us, we had to come up with a new name and a new, a whole new look to the game. And like you know, so then we did Rock Band um, basically under under the umbrella of Viacom as like a you know a still a still a studio, but like owned by Viacom instead of instead of working for Red Octane. Uh, I have a. I have a weird question. Do you think that the 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 IP change in a way almost um I don't want to say helped, but it almost 
makes Rock Band feel like a more cohesive thing because I don't. Th- I think Guitar Hero really struggled with the fact that they were called Guitar Hero, mm-hmm. and they had all these other instruments. I feel like they were still beholden to everyone thinking of it as a guitar game, as opposed to Rock Band, which I think everyone thinks of as a band game. That's that's a fair point. Uh-oh. I mean, yeah, you could certainly argue that. I mean, the the other side of that is like, you know, Guitar Hero went on to sell gajillion right. units, right? Um, but yeah, you know, we um we absolutely changed the sort of aesthetic of things, and we went away from the cartoony, kind of over the top, rocky stuff to um something that was much like more authentic and sort of more timeless, like like arena rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that like, we've talked about that before is like, there was a, there was a, there was a very strong aesthetic change at that point. So yeah, maybe it did help us. Yeah. One just, thing, oh, sorry. Go. One thing I'd add here is, uh, I actually became a harmonics fan at the rock band era. Uh, guitar hero wasn't doing it for me. So I think that that shift towards all the instruments and a more realistic style, there's definitely people who paid attention to that who wouldn't have paid attention to guitar hero. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that the, uh, I don't think that the vocalist or drumming community for Guitar Hero ever really took off the way that, um, at least amongst the hardcore, yeah, at least amongst the hardcore, I don't think it really took off the way that it did for Rock Band. I mean, yeah, the dr- the drumming in Rock Band is almost as big as the guitar playing. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that's where I cut my teeth in Rock Band was on the drumming stuff. So maybe because it's the most, it's clearly the most fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now will, wait a minute you'll get zero argument out of the two co-hosts of this podcast <laughs> as we are both drummers um so well, I, speaking for the vocalists okay go on go on no 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 sound defense is also a vocalist so he might back you up yeah I, I i do a little bit of everything actually i'm really really getting into the keyboards especially i think that was mm. one of my favorite additions in rock band 3 mm-hmm. um so i've got a boatload of questions i don't know if you have a boatload of answers or we got at least probably some. have like yeah. <laughs> like a dinghy of answers, yeah. <laughs> a skiff. Yeah. Um, but first, I want to really sort of get a feel for how you guys really wound up at Harmonix in the first place. Um, I'm pretty sure Nord goes back pretty far if he's talking about working on, <laughs> uh, talking about the history of Harmonix as they transition from Guitar Hero to Rock Band. But well, I am still interested no, actually, in Genesis stories. So actually, I I didn't. I were, I came on right after Rock Band One was released. Oh, all right. So I didn't. I wasn't around for the transition. I just like have heard the story from internally so many times. I wanted to make sure. Oh, all right. It was out there in public. But so I worked at another game company in uh, Andover, Mass. And then um, a friend of mine who was a programmer got a job at Harmonix, and she told me about a a a, a job at um at harmonics that was like a design job that I wanted. And so I, I, uh, I, I did, I interviewed for it and got it in, uh, it was early 2008. Mm-hmm. So it was a design job. What, uh, what were you responsible for designing? So I was actually hired to, uh, to do RBN from the, from day one. Like my, they, they actually created a position to like sort of be the project director and lead designer and producer and all rolled into one for rock band network. Wow. So that was what I did, like when I started. This is why he's the overnord. <laughs> That's yeah. So I yeah. This it was like Rock Band Network was kind of my baby to like sort of. I mean, um, like the the my my overlords had the vision of it, but I was responsible for kind of I- implementing it and making it what it is. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like so. This is probably a big reason why your name is tied to the Rock Band Network so heavily. I feel 
Um, yeah. And I mean, I was certainly like, I mean, I loved it. Like mm-hmm. I was, on, you, you know, you know, I was on the forums like practically 24 hours a day for the first year or so. Yeah. And, uh, cause I was totally into it and I loved it. And, uh, you know, about halfway through, like we, you know, the, the, um, the development process, we hired this amazing, like web QA person. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, she ended up like getting promoted several times and now she's in charge of, uh, the day-to-day operations of RBN. And who might that be? I wonder. <laughs> well, I, to be fair, I actually have to take it back before that because I was hired for the Beatles. Uh, because I was a huge Beatles fan, and by then I was a huge rock band fan. And it turned out there was a position open for a playtest coordinator. The problem was that that position was only six weeks long. And mm-hmm. I had completely fallen in love with harmonics, and I never wanted to work anywhere else. And, you know, I was I was very excited about any opportunities I had to stick around. And so I found out about this web QA position, and, well, then basically, like Nord just described, but... And then you sort of shifted from WebQA into this Rockbird Network role? Completely. Well... Because she, she's totally awesome. And there, that's the reason she kept, like, she stuck around in harmonics. Is, you know, there were a bunch of people working on WebQA, but she's the only one who's still around. Now that we know sort of what got you to where you are, what are your current official roles at harmonics, and what does a typical day in the life of Norden Lachesis entail? Take it away, Nord. So my official title is project director, um, and I'm working on a secret project that I can't tell you about. And um, my, I, I like have a little bit of oversight over the over RBN, but it's mostly just like sort of high level stuff. And Carolyn takes co- care of the rest. And really, what my day mostly entails of these days is um, sending a lot of emails, sitting in a lot of meetings, and uh, playing the thing that I'm working on. Which I can't tell you about. Right. Obviously. But it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Just like everything else Harmonix makes, of course. Thank you. Um, Lachesis? Let's see. At this point, uh, I'm an associate producer on the digital publishing team, uh, which I still tend to put RBN in front of my title a lot because it makes me happy to do so. Uh, my typical day is about... Mm, call it a third to a half working on the RBN and about half working on specifically Sony. Uh, every DLC pack that comes out it, on Sony is going through my hands first. I do all the submissions for it. But my day starts with screening every song in quarantine, uh, checking for rights approvals, reading the forums, both on creators.rockband.com and rockband.com. Just seeing what's going on with the community, I'm always on Twitter. Uh, the RBN hashtag is, like, popping up on my desktop every time it goes off. Really just trying to keep an eye on what the community needs and what's going on. So, Rockman Network's been alive for over a year now. Probably about a year and a half, right? It was February 2010 when we launched, right? Uh, yeah, Sounds I guess about, so. It was February no, yeah. March, I can't. Yeah, yeah so it's like a yeah, so a year and a half. Sound Defense and I got hired on January. Yeah, that's pretty about right. Um, what are the Rockman Network nightmares that terrify you? Like wake up and then like, oh my god, someone like someone submitted the song and then like it went through, but I don't know why it went through or like I don't really have them anymore. Like we had a lot of fears at the very beginning that things were going to go off the rails and like you know, it largely just hasn't happened. So, you know, I mean, I always feel bad when, uh, the, the site goes down or we have server issues or, you know, and, and you guys can't get stuff through, but 
I don't, I don't really have nightmares about it anymore at all. Mm -hmm. I have to second that. Like what I was really worried about at first, uh, at the point when, at the point when I started taking over the screening of songs before they got approved, I was really worried that, you know, there'd be some obscure song I didn't know about and it would go through and we'd find out it was plagiarized or stolen. And so that kind of thing worried me a lot or, you know, that there'd be some kind of legal explosion, but it really hasn't happened. The community is really solid. And, you know, in some ways, I, I know you guys have my back as much as I have yours. Mm -hmm. So that All right. that's good to hear that, you know, the community is in a position where they're not they're not stressing you out over nightmare scenarios. No, no, no. Well, Ozone Entertainment is a special case, but I had to say that because he'll be listening for it. Ozone stresses everyone out. It's fine. Um, do you fear the day that Rock Band Network, that is coming soon, that Rock Band Network is going to have more songs than standard DLC in Rock Band? Heck no. No, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Uh, that's going to be great. What makes it so great, though? Because it's... I'm... Go ahead, Nord. No, you go ahead. Um. Because I really believe in user-generated content. I really believe in... It's, it's just such solid proof that there's this community with this amazing dedication to putting music out through this game. And so many of you are artists in your own right, and you've really made this yours. And it's just... It's incredible to look at the volume and quality of content that's been produced. Mm -hmm. When... Uh, I guess Nora can answer this one. When Rockman Network was starting, do you think that it would really ha did you expect it to catch up to standard DLC numbers so quickly? I feel like um, it, I feel like it's really sort of exploded. We um we actually we we didn't know like that was one of the big unknowns about like what was happening because when we first started this project was sort of during the uh the ascendancy of like the whole rhythm rhythm game genre and like we were looking at like kind of potentially unlimited sort of like, you know, vistas of like expansion. And so there was like the scenario where, you know, after a year we had like 50,000 songs, seriously, like we were, th we were considering like, what do we have to do and how many people do we have to hire in order to, in order to like make this thing happen? So I think if like, if the, if the popularity of the genre had continued the way it, it did in like 2008 and early 2009, we would have been looking at a kind of a different scenario than we did now. So I actually, I actually think that like, um, this was like our middle case was like, we you know the output of it is like s slightly more than our regular DLC. So mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, it's, it's super impressive when you consider how many man hours of work it takes to do each of those songs. Definitely. And it, it, it sort of blows me away, especially with people like rock gamers commitment to putting out the Imperium Dawn discography. Yeah, those guys and Rosa Jericho yeah. and the main drag and you know those people who are like the the war horses like mm -hmm. they just they just like churn out content and it's a lot of work doing each of those songs. I know how much work it is. It's mm -hmm. very impressive. I love having uh, the the guests I love to have on are the guests that are musicians first and then come to author their own songs. Um I think that that's an an interesting part of the community that doesn't um that doesn't really speak out as much as the rest of the community. Um and I think that that's, you know, super awesome that there are, uh, that there are musicians out there saying, you know what? I like rock band. I like writing music. I'm going to put those together and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Um, recently, maybe it's just me, but, uh, I feel like a lot of rock band network content has sort of shifted into a, a, uh, less serious zone in many ways. There's been a lot of, uh, 
jokey songs being put, you know, novelty songs, a lot of um, maybe songs written purely to be difficult for the hardcore people. Do you worry that Rock Band Network might become a sort of zone for the super niche as opposed to a broader, um, more all-encompassing piece of content? I think there's a certain extent to which that's self-regulating. I mean, there are certainly people who want to put out some exceedingly strange pieces of content. And yes, I totally am thinking of Ponda Fiore right now. <laughs> just to put them out. And, you know, that's okay. I think the market is kind of self-regulating in that regard. The players will buy what they want to buy. Some of their decisions really surprise me. But that's what user-generated content is about. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think actually it like it serves the exact sort of like uh uh niche not niche even it's, it's sort of the exact same the vision that we had for RBN in the beginning was like like upload all the songs you know like just make it happen and like let 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 the market sort it out like mm-hmm. if people want to listen to Toast then they should be able to play that because it's never going to get through DLC so mm-hmm. I totally embrace that and I think there's enough like in in air quotes real songs that like I'm not worried that it's going to be overwhelmed by the by the novelty ones. Um you can know, you you look at our release list any week and there's, you know, 10 or 15 like serious, you know, verse chorus, you know, metal songs and rock songs and indie songs and there's mm-hmm. like a couple of of novelty ones. So I actually think it's like exactly the right thing for RBN to do is to like have all those people who want to do silly things like just go ahead and do them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Do you think that uh that there's a perception among certain communities that Rock Band Network is a den of the hardcore, the den of uh, super difficult metal songs and then nothing else, um, even though we do have bands like Rose of Jericho? Do you think that um, those bands maybe don't get the exposure they deserve sometimes? I, th- I think it's more like we haven't done a good enough job of exposing the RBN to like the, the more general audience. And so mm-hmm. the people who know about it are the hardcore guys. But like, you know, I think like if you take a song like a, a song by Third Eye Blind or Evanescence, it's going to sell well regardless of whether it's in RBN or in the DLC. And so it doesn't matter to those people. They're just buying a song. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's more like it's self-selecting for the people who tend to talk about RBN or the hardcore ones because they're the ones who are like like posting on the forum every day and checking out uh, the releases like, you know, sort of like hitting F5 obsessively until they find what the new song that just got, you know, through peer review is. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, Sound fence, you want to go over your questions? Um, sure, I'll go ahead and uh, speak up for the first time in like 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, it's a, I, I do this a lot during the interviews, I don't know why. But anyway, uh, uh, my question is, I managed to come up with a couple of questions, I was very proud. Uh, do It took um, him weeks it, though, just so you it, know. It did, it, it was a labor of love. But, uh, the Rock Band community, Rock Band Network community, they've sort of you know, over the course of the last year and a half or so, come together and, uh, you know, come to a consensus on a few, you know, sort of standards of rock band network authoring of their own that, you know, sort of help regulate how, you know, these songs are charted and such. So uh, I was wondering if these, you know, rock band network community standards have had any effect on the authoring standards at Harmonix proper for their official DLC. I don't know. Lachesis might be able to correct me. I, I can't think of one. 
I think there's been a couple cases where you guys have found bugs or odd behaviors in our authoring system that like went, we went back to our authoring team and they're like, oh yeah, that is a problem. Like, yeah, we'll have to watch out for that. But I can't think of a standard that like went from RBN to DLC. Uh, not an authoring standard, but there have been times when RBN songs and community decisions about the rating and what is an acceptable and is not acceptable in rock band. Those have actually come up in official DLC discussions about, you know, can we say this? Are we going to censor this? What What is going to make sense with the community? Okay. So we, we, are, we are having an effect, just not the specific one that I mentioned. Right. All right. Cool. I feel good now. Uh, I feel like I have made a difference in the world. Difference. My presence has been felt. Anyway, uh, my other question, uh, my, all two of my questions here. Uh, do you think that uh, requiring an XNA subscription of authors and playtesters uh, helps or hinders the RBN community as a whole? I, I think it it's like an absolute necessity. I just wish the bar wasn't quite so high. Like, I would be happy if it was $19 instead of 99 But I think there has to be something, like, to keep people, to keep serious people, like, to keep the, the basically, the, the, you know, the unwashed masses from just, like, flooding the place. Because, honestly, like, if there's no... If there's no barrier at all, we're going to get like all kinds of griefing and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But even putting up like 20 bucks would, I think, be a, a good a good hurdle to like get people who are serious about it to join. And I think we'd probably have like more uh, more people contributing if that was the case. But sadly, that's out of our hands. That's that's a Microsoft decision. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, I can agree with that. I do some work over at Crack.com, a comedy website, and they're open to pretty much anybody in the world to come and write for them, and so. If you look at the proposed articles, like 90% of them are just, you know, stuff we would not touch with a 10-foot pole. No offense, but yeah, I, I think, you know, I think that is a good idea to, you know, have some sort of way of weeding out people who are only, like, semi-serious. So that's good yeah. to know. Mm -hmm. It is a good way to sort of, well, I guess, it's, I don't know if it's a good way, but it is a way to uh, separate the, the serious people from the, the I don't want to say less serious people, but just the... Uh, the people who are not really putting effort into it. Um, at least I, I think, think that way. Um, I think you can say they're less serious. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to say that, like, oh, you have to be super serious to be an author, though. Um, well, you, 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 there needs to be some standard there. But, because if that mean, was the case, hairs. if that was the case, we should not be authors. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think there are people who, like, take the sort of uh, quality control on the song very seriously, and there are those who don't. Mm -hmm. uh, that's 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 a big distinction i mean even even with the payment like there's definitely some people who just don't have the same just don't pay the same attention to like the final product mm -hmm. mm. Uh, i've also garnered a handful of questions from the creators community i put uh the call out there on a couple of forums and as it turns out creators was the only forum that actually gave me good questions <laughs> excellent i want so, to ask uh, some of these <laughs> wait did you say you wanted to ask some of these yeah uh, what he, has to, want to, he wants to talk more. Uh, I, want, I, want, I want my voice heard on this momentous podcast. Well, just mark mark the ones that you want to do while I'm doing the next question, then. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, no, you can't, because it's view only. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> just throw me random stuff. I don't care. I Let's just, just go talk. back and forth, all right? Okay, sure. So the first question comes from AGL Studios, and they had a question I thought was interesting. Are there any plans to make the peer review process um, easier for non-English songs because of the lack of bilingual testers? 
this is this is a uh, this is unfortunately um, largely on Microsoft and their peer review process. Although mm-hmm. honestly, like I'm not sure, I'm not sure what we would do. Like we we need to have someone who reviews the the languages, like the lyrics and stuff, to make sure they're not you know profanity and or inappropriate, mm-hmm. and to make sure that the lyrics match the spoken the spoke the sung lyrics in the in the song. So I don't know what we would do. Like you know, you only need a couple of people out of the total of six reviews. I think you only need two people to review the um, the lyrics and the language. So, I, I, you know, I understand that it's a little bit harder, but how can we get around the requirement that like someone knows the language that, that the singer is singing in order to approve the song? Mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, and machine translation isn't always the best, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially for lyrics where you have like, you know, words that aren't really words or words that are run together and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. And then, uh, colloquialisms and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough, but uh, I did want I wanted to bring it up almost to point out that like how difficult it kind of is on creators to pass a uh, a song of a different language because you do require those two um those two tests by bilingual speakers and that's yeah. very hard to come by sometimes. You know, I wish I wish the community was a little bigger and mm-hmm. then I don't think we'd have the same problem. So if anyone's out there and is bilingual and wants to test stuff, <laughs> you will be in high demand if you buy an XNA account. Indeed. You will be popular. Yeah. <laughs> I know there was a Spanish-specific review group going on for a while, and it, you know, just being to to the creators community, why did it stop? Start it back up. That's a good point. Sound offense? Um, this touched on uh, what Nord brought up earlier. Arcanon, Arcanon, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Uh, Are there any plans to increase the exposure of the Rock Band Network to the general public and or to the music industry? And I guess he has a follow-up question. We'll get to that. The follow-up question was actually added by me. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll ask that in a minute. So we do actually a lot of outreach to uh, to artists, um, especially when we have like higher profile artists as far as, you know, label signed artists and stuff. I know like Victory's been putting a bunch of stuff through recently. And, um, you know, the the way that we structured the the RBN versus the DLC is that we we tend to rely on the artist or the label to publicize the RBN stuff. And and even on the DLC side, like we do some public public publicization. What is the word I'm looking for? Publishing? Publi- publicity? publicity? We do some publicity. You know, that's yeah, publicity. we do pu- that's a we word. Do a pl- yeah, that is a word. We do publicity, but it's, you know, it's um we have stuff every week and uh we 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 have a a team to do that. But you can't keep going to the well like week after week and expect people to like always be excited by stuff. So, um on the RBN side, really, it's up to the artist and the label to like push that. And uh, I think we've done a decent job of exposing the RBN within Rock Band, for example, and on the on the website, um, because it basically has equal standing with all the other songs in the library. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I like. I really enjoy how when you go into Rock Band 3's music store, it's like Rock Band, Rock Band Network. <laughs> It's like yeah, it's right like, here. like the su- the suggested songs on the side. It's like equal. It's know, almost always Rock Band Network suggested too. Well, because because there's more of them released every day, I think. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, also like when you browse, the first choice is browse all the songs. It's not like browse just the DLC. Right. Absolutely. Um, I did have one question though, and I don't know if you can answer it for me, but uh, I was a bit curious why. So in Rock Band Two, when you did Rock Band Network, um, looked at Rock Band Network songs in the store, it listed the author. Um, they said, you know, this song was authored by Rock Gamer. This song was authored by Rhythm Authors. 
in Rock Band 3, the only way to see the author is by literally searching by author. Um, I don't know if so, uh, you know why that yeah, change was made. or I, I don't remember for sure. I think it may have been because we wanted to make the song pages in the store identical, whether they were DLC or RBN. Right. And there was a whole bunch of data that we had to like, it was, it was, it's really hard to cram all that stuff onto that, onto that song page. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that one just was one of the ones that had to get cut. That makes sense. Addition, mm -hmm. Additional follow-up question. When do I get to see details <laughs> put up on songs? When do, you get, <laughs> when do you get to see details? Oh, you mean like the details that you put in the notes field yeah. when you submit them? Um, we'll add that to our patch list for rock band. Awesome. <laughs> um, you take the next one because I did the uh... sure. Um, when you're trying to determine what uh, Rock Band Network songs to bring over to PlayStation 3, do you ever factor in any external hype from unofficial websites like Rock Band Aid? Ooh, I know the answer to this one. Oh, please uh, answer it. The answer is that yes, there's there's a certain degree of what is Rock Band what is Rock Band Aid saying. But there's a certain degree of what's going on in the community. Um, you know, we use a lot of factors. There's, of course, sales matter, but there's also things like, you know, the PS3 audience has really been giving us a pretty strong message that they don't want four metal songs a week. We're listening. So, yes, if we, if we hear the community saying very clearly, hey, we're playing on PS3, we want to see song X, sure, we're going to pay attention to that. I'm not exactly, you know, pinning Bronte's personal list up to the wall, but I'm paying attention. Mm -hmm. And then and uh, that gets... that's a lie. She has the list on the wall. I've seen it. <laughs> Hush. You're giving away my secrets. <laughs> I love seeing the level of community involvement that harmonics has. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, well, uh, like without being like, you know, you know, just kissing you guys as a like we love having a community like you oh, man. like it's it's like kind of the best thing there is i mean having like being a developer and like making something and then watching people enjoy it is like the best thing in the world totally I, agree with I that i just got distracted by the fact i'm going to have to censor the nord on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> um yeah quick look at the timestamp oh god I, uh, no it's fine it it doesn't matter <laughs> this is the part where i'm not organized at all jeff webster guy from single white infidel asks so are you able to talk about why the shift uh, to requiring blue and orange notes on easy and medium uh, was made? So I, I have been um, I have been allowed to say that we are not allowed to talk about that. <laughs> All right. However, I'll take this moment to say that the latest single white infidel release for God and Country for God or Country is pretty awesome. So that should make him happy, even if his question didn't get answered. <laughs> um. Yes, and just like every other single white infidel song, it is awesome. Um, sound defense, go. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned this earlier as well. We're all over the place. Uh, Rock Band Network, there's you know been all sorts of song that sort of bend the traditional authoring rules a little bit. It's something that Harmonics has you know emphasized and like before. Um, okay, I guess I answered the question myself. Darn it. Um, okay, as, uh, the questions were there were three of them. How do you feel about such experimentation? Are there any examples that you particularly like, and are there any examples that you think went a little bit too far in the direction of crazy? So I have a I have an answer to that, but maybe uh, Lakisa wants to go first. Uh, you know, in general, 
we support experimentation. Uh, look back to the whole question about whether or not you could sing the notes for jazz. Um, there's, there are a lot of examples. Uh, I can think of one situation that I personally thought went too far, but, you know, I'm going to let Nord talk now. <laughs> so I love the experimental songs, and I honestly think that, like, you guys haven't gone quite far enough. <laughs> I think, I think seriously, I think there are, is there more ground to um, cover? Well, you know, I, there was a, there was a, a web producer that, 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 um, had an idea early on, which I thought was hilarious. And I don't know if it would get through peer review, but the idea was that it was, it was like a mini game where you would like, you know, you would have to like hit the drum notes, let's say, or something like in time with something else that was going on screen. So like if, you know, let's say you're like on this, on the bridge of the enterprise, and you have to like go like fix the phaser and you have to like, you know, you have to hit the red notes in time with the phaser or something ridiculous like that. Oh, or, you know, vocal scales, like you need to, you need to like, you know, practice your vocal scales. Like here's a, here's a song that like, is just like all the scales and all the major keys or something. So the, the examples of experimentation that I love are like, I mean, Footloose and Fancy Free is like the obvious one, which, which it came out. And I, I know there was a big debate, but I was like absolutely on the side of allowing it. And I kind of went to bat for that, like within harmonics and people backed me up. Mm -hmm. um, there was an example of some, um, some songs that I think, I don't know if you guys did them or maybe it was Rock Game or the Bang, bang on a Can songs where there was no overdrive. Uh, Fairwood. I'm pretty sure that was Fairwood. Okay. I thought they were Rock Gamer. Maybe they're Fairwood. I think oh, they were wait, rock I'm thinking gamer. of Rockapella. Rock yeah, yeah. Don't listen to me. So, yeah. so, yeah, um, I forgot about the Rockapella yeah. songs. Rockapella was great. You know, that was great, um, yeah. the, the No Overdrive songs caused another giant like debate within harmonics because we were working on Rock Band 3 and the songs with No Overdrive kind of broke some of the road challenges, but we, we ended up allowing them, mm -hmm. um, even though like you could potentially play them in the road challenge and get like no score. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why there was that. There was that very cryptic, no, you can't do that. Yes, you can do that with yeah, no explanation. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I think, um, yeah, I think they're great. And I, I totally think we should like, you know, I think they're fine. I mean, I know that like people go back and forth on the Ziltoid one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I personally think that that kind of experimentation is exactly what Rockman Network should be. That makes sense. Um, are there any favorite examples, Lakesis, uh, that you can think of that Nord didn't mention? Um, you know, one of the things that I'm just going to call out as a favorite example, it is not in the slightest my style of work, but I know the Ponda Fior guys are really excited about being in rock band, and I'm glad they have that opportunity, even though what they're producing is very atypical for, you know, air quotes, music. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really glad that this is accessible to so many people in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, I've I have another one like Rodrigo y Gabriela. That's a freaking ooh. awesome song. Oh, and like it. that would never get through DLC. But I'm so glad that's in in Rock Band because of RBN. Mm -hmm. And there's an example because it's the two guitars and we've and one of them's charted to bass. Slight side question. So I've seen some uh, I've seen some people mentioning and thinking about authoring things like rhythm guitar to the keys track. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts on that specifically, maybe. Just because it, it is another step in this direction of experimentation, and I don't know. For me personally, I will say that that is my limit of going too far. <laughs> but uh, I'm interested to see what your uh, opinions are on that as well. I don't. I don't have like an overt like objection to it as long as it's done well. I mean, I think there are probably some actual like sort of mechanical issues with like 
um, use it like because you're expecting to be playing it on a keyboard and but you're going to be charting guitar, which has a kind of a different fingering structure mm-hmm. and strumming structure. So there might there might be weirdness there. Um, you know, I know there's been a few cases where we've charted um, guitar to bass in DLC. Like I think there was a uh, there was a Spinal Tap song that did that. Big Bottom did that, I think. Hmm. And I, I realize it was like a kind of an edge case where it was like it was a guitar, but it was really playing really low or with an effect on it. But I think that's the sort of thing where if it's done well and there's some care taken in the in the authoring, it could probably be fine. Makes sense. Um, PK Sage gave me 85 questions, it seems like. <laughs> Sage was stoked, I guess. Oh, um, Andy. So we're going to go step by step through his uh, treasure trove of comedy here. Um, Andy, I love you. <laughs> First question. Because he's listening to this. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Yes, he is. Um, mostly just so he can hear me call his name out. No. Um, how big is the Rockman Network team nowadays? And do you think that that is a good size? Should it be bigger or smaller? So it's me and Lachesis primarily. And it's really Lachesis primarily who like day to day does it. Mm-hmm. But then there's bits of it that like the rest of the company hits. So we have... Um, a pretty large music operations team, which is, I think, three full-time people, two off-site people. We have an accountant who's dedicated to doing paying stuff to people, not for RBN, but for the company. Mm-hmm. So like, there's, there's like parts of all of them that work on RBN off and on. So it's hard to tell like exactly how many it is, but th- there's a lot of people at Harmonix who are working on music. Uh, I'll also wind up asking for help from the server or net guys when something yeah. goes wrong. Uh, or the, the authoring team, right? Yeah, the uh, audio QA and the authors have both helped me from time to time when, you know, someone's had, someone will send me an email and be like, you know, there's a problem with this song. But I'm just not familiar enough with, for example, the difference between expert and hard keys to point at it and, and say, yes, that was definitely wrong. So I'll call someone in to help and sort out exactly what that problem was. Uh, the guys at Microsoft too are also providing some That's support, true. which we really That's appreciate. Right. And then as far as like too big or not big enough, like, you know, whenever you work in game development, you're always fighting for resources. And so it's, it always feels like it's not big enough be- because, you know, we can spend time on, you know, RBN or we can spend time on the next great game that we're working on. And so, you know, it, there's always that like tug of war between different people at harmonics, like all trying to do great stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it always feels like you never have enough resources to do what you really want. Yeah. Ideas are free and manpower is not. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Um, so in a perfect world, what parts of the rock band network process on both uh, your side and ours would be different? Everyone would fill out their consent forms flawlessly the first time. <laughs> Oh, man. That dies in a whole realm of stuff I don't even... I'm afraid of. <laughs> um, I really wish we had, like, more mature tools for you guys. Hmm. Like, I wish that we did stuff like, you know, maybe we auto-generated a pass of all the difficulties, auto-tempo mapped, mm-hmm. you know, like, all that stuff that we could... Like, we had a beautiful big package that would, like, you know, render it all out for you. Yeah, the- and do the do the audio correctly and mix it and, like, make sure it didn't hit the hit the the limiter on the xbox and all that stuff mm-hmm. that's I, oh, I, I was just gonna say that stuff would be awesome and i was yeah we we could spend years working on that software <laughs> yeah exactly uh the two things that always sort of feel missing to me is always a way to view like i guess it's kind of silly since you don't really need a way to view pro keys because 
it's just notes. <laughs> you know, it's just pitches, but like to be able to see the lane shifts, um, how they're going to appear in game inside Reaver yeah. would oh, be awesome. Be and then uh, sort of a lack of like the same idea for vocals is to sort of a representation in Reaper would be nice. But yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, those are sort of things you can get on in auditions, so it's not that big of a deal. But that's always stuff that struck me as like if if there was some way to fund all of these crazy, you know, mo- uh, super awesome tools for Rock Band Network, I think that would be part of it. I was just going to say, I also wish that the system were easier for labels to work with authoring houses. The web system for that is not what I wish it were. I wish it were much smoother for you guys. Yeah, we had a we had a plan early on for like a pr- sort of a proxy submission thing where basically you guys could submit for another another account. For example, like so, mm-hmm. you know, Victory could own the song, but you guys could like do all the all the work of getting it through the pipeline. Mm-hmm. But I'm, we just didn't have time to implement it, unfortunately. I'm pretty sure that if you found time, ELX would be a big fan <laughs> <laughs> of that idea. Um, yeah. So we'll add it to the patch list. Yeah, add it to the patch yeah, list. There's, there's so many things I want to change that you know that's a tough question because. Mm-hmm. Anytime you get really involved in a project, obviously you you love it and you see all the flaws, and so you always want to like poke it and make it better and keep working on it. Definitely, my you're breaking my heart, you <laughs> cruel bastard. Oh, I gotta. Do I have to censor that bastard? <laughs> Nord one. I don't know. I'll look it up. No, if I said f- you, to- you totally <laughs> have to censor it. it. No. Oh, the potty mouth Nord. <laughs> um, <laughs> What uh, what has the recent attitude um, at Harmonics been towards the Rock Band Network? Has it changed at all? Are people like still way into the idea? Are uh, are they looking at that and going like, "Wow, that's really cool"? Or are they just sort of letting it exist on its own? Oh, I think they're totally backing it. I mean, you know, it hasn't changed really at all. It's always been seen as like this um, sort of a um, beautiful complement to the DLC pipeline. Like, I think, you know, it's like it chugs along and it like produces great songs and, you know, the music guys are super happy to have like this stuff to, to, uh, to add to the, to the platform. So it's great. I'll also add, I don't think that there's a musician at Harmonix who forgets that, you know, if they want to take the time to be in rock band, they can be in rock band and that's pretty magical for them. Uh, I, I had one of our pro guys, pro keys guys show up in my office two days ago and asked me about the process and i was yeah let me tell you all about it that is pretty awesome i didn't always it's always easy to forget sometimes how many um, musicians work at harmonics (laughs) Uh, all of them yeah yeah i want to say that you know something like a third of the company plays an instrument something like a fourth is in a performing band my numbers may be off this is just a wild guess and i am i think it might be higher than that yeah i i believe that Mm -hmm. uh Sound defense, you want to do the next question? Next. Um, see here. What's the one thing that most people don't seem to know about the RBN that you wish they did? It's not just metal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I will second that, personally. <laughs> I don't... I, I think um, this is a little... I don't know if this is exactly answering the question, but I think it's hilarious that, like you guys are sort of recapitulating all the issues we had early on, like trying to get artists into the game. You know, it was like, oh man, like it's really hard to get people to sign the documents. And then it's like, oh man, I can't get them to send me the stems. And then I hear like, oh, these stems suck. Like I can't mix, I can't mix this and make it sound good. 
And then it's like, oh, mixing is really hard, you know? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, the publisher pulled the pulled the approvals. <laughs> oh, so man. It's, it's, it's kind of funny seeing that. Like, that was the arc. I mean, you know, like... It's almost like watching a bunch of mini harmonixes. That's it's it's actually just like watching harmonics, you know, that's all that stuff we went through like early on in Guitar Hero, like trying to make things happen and all the like roadblocks we hit and all the all the like pain and angst is being is being reproduced again. Mm. So, I mean, maybe like the thing I want them to know is it's really hard to get a song done all the way done. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem as hard as it is. <laughs> I think uh, I think anyone, I mean, even myself, I've been getting arrogant over the last couple months, and then I finished another one of my songs, and I got the okay to put it through on my own. And even that process, I was like, this is way harder than I thought it was yeah. <laughs> when I put my stuff through with them author. <laughs> and, and it's easy to be a critic at the, on the forums, like complaining about the authoring, you know? Mm-hmm. And like when you say to them, well, do it yourself, like that seems like an empty sort of like threat but it really is a lot of work and it's really hard to get it exactly right and it sort of like shines a light on the the people who do it at harmonics every day like the especially like the the aqua the qa team we have and uh Mm -hmm. you know there's there's rarely a bug that gets out into the into the wild on the dlc that always it always sort of astonishes me in some ways because i've always reached the, the point in all of my charts where my charts where I'm like, okay, if there's something wrong here, there's a 0% chance of me finding it. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that has to hit harmonics at certain points, but it's not like they can put it up on the internet for people to look at and try That's to right. yeah. tell you. So, like, I think it's impressive uh, that so little stuff really does get out. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of, I don't know, I won't say inaccurate, but, you know. No, it's fair, you know, I think we make mistakes too, but. Yeah, everyone um, does. It's it's it feels like there. I never had any idea how many different things can go wrong. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm finding a new one every single week. Yeah, welcome to our world. Yeah. Um, PK Sage's final question is: What is your favorite kind of donut? But he limits you to only one choice. Ooh. I, I like the the ones you get this time of year at the orchards. I mean, the, like the apple cider ones, like dipped in cinnamon sugar. I've never heard of this. This sounds oh amazing. <laughs> You've listed like five things I love <laughs> in the span With of a With bacon on it. Yeah, like what? Oh, oh god, that sounds amazing. Uh, like he says? Uh, I guess I'm going to go for Long John's, the long skinny donuts with chocolate on top and, cu- and custard filling. They make me very happy. Nice. Ooh, uh, I love those. I'm going to put this to sound defense as well, now that he's here. My favorite... Uh, well, my Long John's definitely gonna be one of my favorites but i can't i can't take that one so uh, i i just you know your classic you know regular round donut with the chocolate frosting that's always you know mm-hmm. keep it simple keep it sweet i'm gonna go incredibly boring and just say a regular glazed donut because i love glazed donuts crispy cream um dunk donuts man mm. ah, i'm on the east coast never goes that style songs that are actually still i think they're both in peer review sound defense 
Uh, yeah, I believe they are still trying to make their way to the store. Mm -hmm. But we are recording this super early, so we wanted to give Norden Lakesis a chance to talk about some songy stuff. So what is our first song this week? Our first song is by a group called The Wrong Side of Dawn, I think. Yes, Wrong Side of Dawn. This is called The Grinder's Tale. a taste of the grinder's tale by wrong side of dawn uh lakesis what what did you think of that i'm gonna go throw to you first sweet keys i am really looking forward to having that keys part butcher me um i liked some of the harmonies on the chorus too it was interesting mm -hmm. yeah it's too oh sorry go I, I always love seeing a three-part harmonies in effect where you've got like different vocal lines going on at the same time Definitely. It just makes it such an interesting challenge to, well, go find a bunch of singers and make them learn it. Not that I do yeah. that to my friends often. <laughs> never. Absolutely. I totally do. <laughs> um, I was commenting on this. The, the the vocal lead, especially when he sort of finishes, when he finishes his part and then the instruments take over again, that moment, every time it happens, just like is awesome to me. It's hard to describe. You sort of just have to hear the song. Um, the guitar effects in the, the sort of leads, especially at the start of the song, really get to me in a weird way. But uh, I think that's super awesome. Uh, Nord, what do you think? I like the guitar tone, too. Like, that was something that stu stu stood out for me. And also not what I expected with a name like that. You know, I expected something a lot heavier, so it was mm -hmm. kind of a pleasant surprise yeah. to hear something that seemed, felt kind of like indie and almost like a little bit jammy. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, cool. I like, I like that's, that's clo much closer to like the kind of music that I listen to typically. So I, uh, I dug it. Um, but yeah, this is a, I think this is a great track, um, audibly. I just really love how it plays or how it sounds. Um, I don't think there's any, besides keys, there's nothing too incredibly difficult, but it just sounds so good that it doesn't really matter. Um, it's sort of got hints of a little bit of progressive music in it without being like rush. Or drink theater or something crazy like that. Um, it shifts a lot, and I like that a lot in it. Uh, anyone else have any comments? I don't know how you can be a little bit progressive. I always thought that you know, <laughs> you you know can... that term implied a certain you know sort of commitment to the progressive stance. I maybe maybe you just have one measure of seven eight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because uh, the the reason I say a little bit progressive is because it feels like the sort of how a lot of progressive music feels like a bunch of songs almost stitched together um, in a clever way with interludes and stuff is how I feel this song feels at some point. Uh, if no one has anything else, we'll go on to the second song of the evening, which is Flesh and Blood by Edge. The 
Taste of Flesh and Blood by Edge. Uh, Nord, what do you think about that <laughs> drum track? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, uh, um, I couldn't pass that. It, it's kind of crazy. Like it's, it's, uh, it almost reminds me of a jazz drummer who doesn't play the same thing twice. Like any, me no measure matches any other measure in the song. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because you listen to it and it sounds like he's keeping a pretty straight beat. But when you watch the chart, it's all over the place. Mm -hmm. The it, It's kind of funny. So this one up is Nightmare Tear, Nightmare Tear. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, this should be Final Tear. Uh, but when you listen to the song, it does not sound anything special at all. But the, what the drummer does is he has these very complex patterns of ghost snares and specifically ghost kicks the entire thing so he has this weird polyrhythm of the kicks going almost constantly but you can't hear most of them <laughs> unless you sim uh, unless you pull out just the drum stem and to make my job as the author even better it was all single stem Ugh. oh wow <laughs> so even inside that stem it was still incredibly hard to hear all the kicks <laughs> um but you think it uh, but i hope it looks and it looks sensible. That's sort of what I was hoping to accomplish with it. You know, because that's so all I can kidding? really hope for. It does actually. It looks. You know, uh, you, you watch the chart, and uh, you know, it all. It all does like you know. You can parse it all, but it's one of those ones where, at the end of it, if you're sight reading it, you're totally exhausted from the concentration of trying to figure out what's coming next. You like you never get a break, and you never get to know like from one measure to the next what you're what you're supposed to do. In that sense, it reminds me a lot of uh, Love Spreads by the Stone Roses. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Oh, um, yes. One of my favorite tracks from the Rocket One Days. Sound of Ventura, can I say something? Um, yes, but I can't remember what it is. Awesome. Lakeesis, <laughs> do you have thoughts on the song at it, all? Just, that drum track is absolutely crazy, and there is something about the guitar. It's just, like, it's certainly not as complicated as the drum track, but it's just got a, it's got a very good feel to it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's... Very simple, but for some reason it, it commands attention yeah. throughout the entire track, which is admirable for something that's not really doing that, anything that complicated, I think. So, I'm recognizing that, as has been mentioned, there are a lot of hardcore players on the Rock Band Network. It's still one that I would recommend for guitarists who are looking for that good feeling without playing something that breaks their fingers. Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, and I think... Sometimes I don't know. You didn't work on vocals on this. Um, <laughs> You've never I heard the song until now. Seen this song before. <laughs> um, so I don't know who did vocals on this, but I really, I really enjoy Edge's singer. Um, even though I think some people would call him somewhat of a generic rock singer, I think his voice little, goes yeah. his his voice goes so well with the instrumentation, and uh, I just can't not sing along to that chorus. It just it just gets me every time. Uh, Sonifans, do you have any thoughts now? Have you collected anything? Yeah, I, w I was going to say that I'm a fan of the vocals as well. It's one of those tracks, it's like, you know, not too easy, not too hard. It's sort of in the middle, but, you know, it's it just hits some really satisfying notes that I think are going to be a lot of fun for people to reproduce and th sing themselves. Mm -hmm. And some really cool harmonies, I think, that are pretty basic, but still do a lot to push the song forward. Um, so if you're, you know... If you have an XNA account and you want to play test or peer review something that is just completely crazy on drums, go for it because I want all of the comments I can get on that song, <laughs> quite honestly, because uh, I want it to be perfect, but it's hard to make it perfect. You uh, did a great job. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. This is why I'm not qualified to peer review it. I don't know if you did a good job or not. It was really complicated. <laughs>
concludes another episode of the Rhythm Authors Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Rhythm Authors, you can go to rhythmauthors.com. You can follow us on Twitter at, at @rhythmauthors, and you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes. That is the best place to subscribe. Review us, rate us, give us all the stuff. We love stuff. Um, if you want to know more about the Rock Band Network, you can go to rockbandnetwork.com or creators.rockband.com. Uh, if you're interested in reading any of the stuff I put out because you've read the entire rest of the internet, you can check out my Twitter account at, at the Sound Defense. You can check out my YouTube videos at Sound Defense RB, and you can check out my various writings at Cracked.com and NintendoGal.com. And if you're interested in speaking with harmonics, we do actually have a Facebook page at Rock Band Network. We also have a Twitter account at Rock Band Network, and we monitor the forums at rockband.com. There's a, there is a Rock Band Network forum there, and we are always waiting to hear what you have to say. We'll even talk back. I don't have it. I don't have anything. Aw. Poor uh, Lord. I don't use the internet whenever. I, I avoid the internet at all costs. That's probably for the better. Let's be fair. He actually just got an internet connection for this podcast. That's correct. Thank goodness. I this is why you need that. web support. <laughs> um, as for me, you can find me on YouTube at Mistaken or MistakenSH. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Mistaken. You can read my writings at GameZone.com and PlayMSClan.com. And you can listen to my original music at Mistaken.BandCamp.com. That's M-Y-S-T-A-K-I-N. Thank you so much, Norton Lakesis, for coming on a, this podcast. It was a great pleasure to be here. We do not deserve this. <laughs> Let's do this once a year. Once that a year? sounds great. Every year we'll have like a anniversary RBN podcast. I was about to ask you to come on the show again okay. <laughs> before you said that. So that sounds perfect. Okay. It's going to take us a year to recover. Right? <laughs>
Um, there's a screenshot, Nord, from when we were doing the author profiles, where they told me that they like to author animals and sent me a screenshot of a giraffe camel deer thing and Reaper to prove it. Wow. Uh, I forgot all about that.